This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, brought to you by BeatSource. Make sure you check out BeatSource Link, where you can DJ using streaming tracks from the internet, online or offline, and our incredible curated playlists for any occasion made by experienced DJs. It's amazing. Hit me if you got any questions. You can also use our code, the 20, to get uh, a free month on there. I think that's what you get. I don't even remember, but it's something real dope, and it's worth it. Go get it. You guys, thank you for tuning in to the 20 Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That is right. Um, We've been doing this for a minute, and I really appreciate the support from all of you. You're incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me get to uh, today. Oh, actually, before I get into it, make sure you check my website, djspider.com, D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R.com. I'm going to post all my gigs up there. I'm at the Floor Room in L.A. every week. I'm at Tau Vegas uh, this week. I'm there every month. I'll be at Marquee Vegas as well. Um, and a bunch of other residencies, one-offs, private events, all that stuff. I'll post it up there. So keep in touch with me or send me a message on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R on Instagram. I love getting all your supportive DMs or hater DMs or whatever you want to send me. I love you either way. Um, all right, guys, on today's show, we have an OG in the game but also somebody who continues to innovate and be at the forefront of technology, music, DJing, and so much more. This man has one of the biggest residencies in Las Vegas at Dre's Nightclub, playing there three nights a week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is nuts, every week spinning all hip-hop music with performances from some of the biggest artists in hip-hop every single weekend. He's been also doing radio since the 90s, From the Bay Area to Las Vegas And he has relationships with massive artists Like Drake who shouts him out on multiple songs And is a big supporter of him Jay-Z which he tells a legendary story about On this episode E-40 and pretty much anyone else you can think of In the hip-hop world, music world He has amazing relationships with Um, He also became one of the biggest DJ streamers on Twitch during the pandemic, doing 500 nights in a row and growing a massive community on there. He's still doing weekly streams to this day. We discussed that on here as well. He drops a ton of knowledge on this episode, and it was a pleasure to speak with him and meet him in person finally. So please welcome to the show, DJ Franzen. We are here. It's the 20 Podcast. Live and direct from Beverly Hills, California, and we have got a legend, a Vegas legend, a Bay Area legend, oh, a no, hip hop, no, 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 a that. DJ legend. Come on, <laughs> just accept the compliments. Thank you, thank you, Frandalay Bay, DJ Franzen, give it up. What's good? What's good, Scott? Hey, we'll be doing? What up, yo? <laughs> we got air horns. We got we got sound effects right, right now. Right, just envision right. it. It's going crazy. <laughs> You got Beverly Hills cheering for you. I love it. I love it. You know that that good California traffic. Exactly. It doesn't look too bad right now. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, no. It's chill. It's chill. No, we got the good California traffic. The good California weed, which yeah. I know some something you've always uh, been Def- a advocate of. <laughs> definitely, definitely for many uh, years. You know, and and all that. But yo, thank you. And I know you got a million aliases. I heard you on a few other podcasts that they were like, name them off. You know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I got a lot of aliases. Yeah, pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, thank you for, thanks for coming and taking the time. I know you just got off the flight. Um, and I know you're an airplane aficionado too. I've seen you post about like, even this today you were on your Insta story, like yeah, 
you know, what was it, G550? Uh, no, it was a, actually a, a Global Express 7500 and a G650. I'm, I'm yes. in the planes. I've been, in, I've been in the planes ever since I was a kid. It's crazy. I love them. I, I got I've seen on your model, Instagram. Yeah, like I got you, model planes at home and everything. That's nuts. Yeah, I fly any plane. I fly a Cessna. Really? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You're not scared? Uh, not at all. I've been on plenty of prop planes before. Wow, okay. Yeah. I be, I did one in the Bahamas where I was like, "Are we gonna oh, die?" Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the guy was that. like, "We gotta dodge the clouds," and I'm like, "I don't know if this that's is like good. when you go to Turks or you know one of those smaller islands. Yeah, you know you'll fly into like an international airport, but then you have to take this smaller exactly prop, prop plane to take you to to right. the island. Yeah, that's it, what it was. It's I'm a little like, sketchy, but you know, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's worth it though once you get to your oh, destination. Definitely worth it. Yeah, we landed you know? on just like a strip in the middle of the ocean, yeah. and we went to like a private island. I'd never yeah. done anything like that. I was because I thought, oh, we're gonna be on a private jet, but it was a private plane. You know, where right. they had to literally install the seats in front of us. Right. Like, Damn. That was recently. Uh, no, that was probably ten years ago. We oh, were, okay. we went to. I probably could talk about it now. At the time, I had to sign this whole NDA thing, but it was a private event on David Copperfield's private island that he oh, owns wow. in the Bahamas that he just lets certain people throw events. So they were like, you fly to Miami, you go to this other airport, you get on this crazy little flight plane, they fly you to just a strip in the middle of the ocean, and then some dude just shows up in like a boat where he's like doing it from the back, like, and he's like, hop on, and then you That's just... Get in with your DJ bag and we you know whatever. And he took me to a, a whole area with yachts, you know. And they're like, "You're gonna be sleeping on a boat." And I'm like, "I'm not sleeping on a boat for this gig." And they're like, "No, you don't understand." And we get there and it's like these kind of yachts that are like, you know, quarter million dollars a week, like to rent. Right. And right. there's a few of them, and then a few other ones that are probably like a hundred G's a, a week to rent. And they're like, "All right, those are the staff yachts." I'm like, "What is going on here?" Nice. So I had never experience anything yeah, like that's that. That's on my now you inspired me. That that's on my bucket list right Yo, there. that was crazy. And then they'd be <laughs> like, you have three, you have three or five gigs and they're like, they'll pick you up each day. One of them is like on one of the hugest yachts for, you know, seven people. I'd do a disco party for like seven people in this yacht. <laughs> and like, that's amazing. And then they go, the other one's on a beach that only shows up a few times a day. They figure out when the current when the tide goes down and we're gonna put a booth and i'm like what is happening and then wow. another one was on this private beach and they literally bought they bought a dude from guitar center like a human like uh -huh. it was like to put everything I, together i sent them my rider and then i get there and there's just some dude named george waiting and he's like What's up, man? I got all your stuff. And it's just new, bought from Guitar Center. It's still in the box. And I go, oh, yeah. I go, so you're the sound guy? He goes, no, nah, I work at Guitar Center. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, <laughs> they just told me, like, if we pay you, will you sign this non-disclosure agreement and come to an island and set up equipment? And I was like, sure. And I'm like, and I ended up having to sleep in a room with this guy the whole four or five days, you uh -huh. know? And I'm like, me and George just hanging. And, like, he ended up hooking up with a girl from the wedding and sleeping on one of the big oh, boats shit. and the wedding planner got so mad and I'm like George is living his life out here what are <laughs> like, you doing George <laughs> George tells this story somewhere I've never seen him since this day yo, but shout out to Jorge out yo, there yo shout time. out to Jorge Miami <laughs> Guitar Center if you're listening like 
They literally just paid for this dude to just quit his job or come out. I don't know what happened. I love it, man. I love yeah. stories like so, that. So, sorry. I don't want to, you know, mean to uh, get on, on your stories. but No, that no, was, no, no, no. That's amazing. <laughs> I like I like, I like, like those type of stories. That was right a crazy. There. I remember coming home, like, from the island. I didn't know how we were going to get off. And we got to the Bahamas. And then we got to Miami and got to L.A. And I had a gig. And I was, like, in some small bar in West Hollywood, like, None of you understand where I just was this morning. Like, I was like, and that's the beauty about DJing. Like, right? people will see you at a certain location, and they don't know the stuff. No, the stuff you've seen and been through. Right? You know, even the lows. Like, even the oh, lows. Yeah. Well, that's the truth. One hundred percent. You know? Like, yeah. They don't see that. Right. But when people are like, "You're killing it," and you're like, "You don't even understand what I went through to get here. What we all went through the past few years for the pandemic." Yeah. You know, you're right. They don't see the lows or no. the highs. They have no understanding of it, really. Very true. I mean, you know, you really made the best out of a horrible situation, I feel like, with the pandemic, uh, as far as just the streaming. I mean, you were, like, on top of the world in Las Vegas doing Dre's, and, you know, anybody, you know, you would drive by Dre's, and it was, like, your kingdom, you know, your home. Like, you had built this insane... um night and just vibe and just whole different world i feel like for las vegas yeah. every other club is following the same rules or competing with each other but on the same playing field mm -hmm. and you're in a completely different planet you know what i mean with just as big parties if not bigger and massive artists and creating almost concert level uh performances mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what they even try to do at a lot of other places with a dj but you're doing a performance you know and um, just the way that you brought that whole no EDM thing and you stick to your guns and you're able to control such a huge room with hip hop music, no matter if it's hip hop music from 20 years ago or from that morning, you know, right. is pretty incredible. I think, you know, and that's something I think a lot of DJs can learn from and probably can look up to, to try to attain and try to, you know, get there. Like, so, yeah, props to you, you Thank know, you. for Thank that. You. I mean, I think that's massive, and that's something that people can learn from just sticking to your guns, trusting yourself, not giving into pressures, you know, outside, no matter what happens, you know. And um, and just something that I, I even, you know, as an experienced DJ, maybe not struggle with, but, but want to always learn more about is that controlling a huge room, utilizing only one genre or hip hop music and the microphone and just making you make Dre's almost feel like a house party, but in a amazing professional world-class way, you know what I mean? Not like yeah. it's some little thing, but you give it that vibe, you know, like how do you do that? You know, I think it's just, <clears throat> first of all, it's, it's, uh, it's adjusting to the time, you know, cause I've yes. been doing it for so long. Yes, you have. And I think a lot of people from my era, didn't know how to adjust with the changes in time. Right. As far as the, whether it's music, fashion, or whatever's going on. True. Whatever, you know, pop culture, whatever is popping at that time. Yes. You know, you have to adjust to these things. And um, I've always known that hip-hop was a special genre. Because with hip-hop, you know, comes R&B, comes right. the reggae. Yeah. You know, comes of course the funk and all the the the, the essence, the, yeah. the samples of where that came from. Right. All the ingredients that are put into that exactly. amazing 
cauldron you know, of, yeah. of hip hop. Yeah, it just gives me a different type of vibe. You know, I don't yeah. have nothing against EDM music, but it's of just course. I, I've never been able to vibe towards it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I grew up, you know, in the nineties. Where we had soulful house music from Chicago, yes. Detroit, you know, the Robin S's, the Rosales, right, you know, the C and C music factories. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, coming up in that era, it was just it's a feeling. Music has always been a feeling to me. Right. And if I can't feel it, if I can't vibe to it, I can't I can't play it. I can't fake it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the truth. Yeah, and and I've always been around hip hop. Like it's, it's been with me ever since I can remember. When, right. You know, some of my first records, buying you know buying pieces of vinyl with my own money. Um, we're talking about you know LL Cool J, I'm bad. Yeah. Beastie Boys, Paul Revere. Right. You know I'm 11 years old. Crazy. You know and and these records like are the records that changed my life. Right. Not to mention Planet Rock by African Babata, Soul Sonic Force. Yeah. That's really the record that changed my life because I seen my cousin put that record on the turntable and started scratching with it. I was like, that's what I want to do. I was super young. That's so dope. And, you know, that's what that's what sparked it all. Was that your first introduction to, to DJing for real, like up close? Your oh, yeah, most definitely. Because even my cousin was like, oh, you want to try it out? And as soon as I did it, I was like, man, that's what I want to do. Oh, that's crazy. And, you know, to this day, like we were just talking about yeah. it earlier, um, I still use turntables. Like on my rider, I need turntables. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I see that to this day. Every picture, you know, I posted a picture of you today asking for questions. And, you know, it's from Dre's really recently, and you got the whole turntable set up right there. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important, like, in, in the same way we're talking about everything else, you stay true to what you, makes you feel good and authentic and genuine and... It, be able to do the best. It's about job. being comfortable to me yeah. too. You know what I mean? Like I don't knock anybody using controllers or CDJs because at the end of the day, you're there to please the people that's in front of you. Yeah. Whether it be totally ten people, a hundred people, a thousand people. Yeah. And they're hearing the music. They're not looking at what equipment you're using. No. There's only a small percentage of people in that club that's gonna be like, yo, I wonder what kind of equipment he's using <laughs> right you know there's so always that one guy at that the comes end of up the day you. it's about how the yeah how the product comes out when you're when you're delivering the music that's you know? true so. yeah and i think that plays into to what we're saying where your genuine love of hip-hop and music and whatever vibe you're bringing to the table um shines through at your gigs whether they're digital or in person you know and i think mm -hmm. that's why you're able to really translate that to anything from twitch to dre's to all your other amazing you know gigs that you do yeah um i mean do you ever like do you ever drop songs that maybe don't work like at dre's in such a big room you know oh, yeah most definitely like how do you recover from stuff like that um, you know i take a look at the room see how certain people react to it yeah and if nobody's really feeling it i'm 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 trying to get out that song ASAP. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, but at the same time, if you have a good feeling about the song and the people don't really know it yet, because you know how people are. Yes. They're not accustomed to brand new songs. Yeah, new you know? things yeah. are just weird to them. But there's certain songs, like for instance, I remember when um uh when Ooh by uh by Young MA came out, I was like, Oh, 
Oh yeah, it sounds just like uh, hot by Bobby uh, Shmurda. By Bobby Shmurda. Yeah, I'm same like, drum this pattern. This is gonna work out right away, and it did. Yeah, and it did. You know what I mean? They're just certain records that's when they drop, you know they're gonna work. Yeah. But then again, there's certain records they might not feel it because you know certain certain types of music has to grow on you. Yes. You have to hear it a certain amount of times to really be like, oh, okay, now I'm feeling it. Right. You know. So if the room's not feeling it. But I know it's going to be a special record. I'm like, all right, you guys are going to be asking for this in about a month. It's right. all good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess there's that fine line between breaking a record or just trying to force them to listen to something they don't want to listen to yeah. and then losing the crowd. A perfect example is I heard my boy E. Feezy playing City Girls Act Up. This is before radio, before the video was out. Right. And I heard it. I was like, yo, what's this? He was like, yo, I need to send you this record. It's going to be one of the hottest records you know, for the yeah, summer. Right. And as soon as I got back to Vegas, I played it. I think it was like two days later I played it. I was in Miami on Tuesday, and I was back at Dre's on Friday night. Right. Played it, and the reaction was like they they didn't lose it. I was like, yeah, this is a hit record. Yeah, hit record. And you could still play that record till this day. and Oh, for sure. It's still working. Oh, yeah, they'll sing all the words. Yeah. It's like great tempo for yeah. DJs to play. It's Most fun, definitely. like feels up-tempo. Yeah, you yeah, know? It, it's that tempo. Yeah, <laughs> 98, exactly. like, yeah, we girl. love that tempo. Right, shake your ass tempo. Right, kinda. right, exactly. <laughs> and just, yeah, it feels good. I mean, sometimes this, I, I love all, you know, different tempos, you know, and yeah. but sometimes the slow shit can really kind of get repetitive after a while. Most and, definitely. And I think... With the advent of DJ pools, you know, shout to DJ City and all the DJ pools. Mm -hmm. But there's an element of having an intro to every song that makes the DJing sound repetitive. Yeah. Like, it's kind of nice to use the real song. Or um, even if you're using the intro, I, have a button where you then, boom, bring in the part with just a little piano and them going, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you say that because I tell DJs all the time, like, that are coming up and ask me for advice. Yeah. And be like, yo, what advice... Do you have for me? I'm like, sometimes, yeah. or most of the times, you got to play the song how people know it as. Right. You got to, who cares if you're not mixing it? If you drop it on a one and it's coming in the right way, yeah. that reaction you're going to get. For instance, No Scrubs by TLC. As soon as you, as soon as females hear that, sh those strings, exactly. it's over. Scream. It's a different type of reaction to where if you're playing an, an eight bar intro and it goes right into the words. You know, the reaction. Right, she's like, a scrub is a guy. And then people right. are like, oh, it's almost like it's too late. Right. <laughs> you missed it. Exactly. You know, you're almost better off just going, and then play the intro. Exactly. You know, because it's the same, I feel like, psychological thing that EDM does to people in the very, like, visceral or, you know, basic way that it's just the up and down. EDM is a roller coaster for people, you know, and it's for people that maybe are into different kinds of music, um, but... It's that's why sometimes in Vegas they don't even know what they're listening to with the EDM stuff. It's just mindless, but it does this up and down. Like when you're at Magic Mountain, where yeah. you're like, "Oh, we're going down. Oh, we're back up. We're right, up. Right, we're right. down. We're up. We're down." Right. And that's why some of the sets sound so boring. And then the people that know how to DJ can do good sets in that genre. Mm -hmm. But same with uh, hip hop. I feel like it can just be the same thing, you know. Over and yeah. it's those lows that then bring the highs up so much and make people just have that like. Feeling of like, right. you know. And that's why I like to play like, I like to mix my setups and actually go back to the nostalgic shit. Yeah. You know, because it makes those 
the people who are really music fans, it makes them, it takes them back to that time. Right. I've always said music is a timeline to our life. Oh my God, it's so you true. Know? I say it's music's like a time machine or something. You know, it so really it's a is. similar because you can almost place everything in your life on the timeline like it is timeline music. is a better way to put it because mm-hmm. it really sets those markers in your life where sure. you can remember how you felt how you dressed what you ate who you hung out with everything yeah. and it brings back the memories and the smells and the every thought yeah. comes who you alive were dating the at music. the time like who your girlfriend was you guys had yes. that special song right? that's so crazy that's our song yeah you know, <laughs> that's what music does. It has that type right. of effect. You know, it has its highs, it has its lows. Music can make you feel happy. Yeah. Sometimes it could make you feel sad. Right. Sometimes you just want to break a couple of champagne bottles. Like, you know, it's yeah. just, it's a roller coaster for yeah. real. Like the emotions and and the sound of music is, 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 is a special place, especially right. those who really endure and love music. Like, it... it it can be, especially if we play music, like for DJs. Like I got my boy Big Chunk here. You know he does like the Shore Bar in, in uh, where's that at Santa Monica? Where's that at? Yeah, yeah, Shore Bar Santa Monica. Uh, Santa right. Monica, and he'll send me like footage. I'm like, man, you got those people going crazy oh, that right place now. Is nuts. I love That's it. right by the beach. Uh, yeah, and Giorgio, the you know, legendary Italian I'll in, food. I'll be inspired by that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether if it's a song he played or how he got the crowd going, it's just yeah, it's inspirational, and that's the, you know that's the impact music has on people. Right, exactly. And we're constantly learning as DJs. That's what I was talking to someone last night. You know, and he's telling me about some deep house group that I don't know about, and I'm mm-hmm. like, and I've had to learn over the past couple of years about all this deep house music and different things because I'll get hired for private events and they're like, oh, we're into Burning Man or we're into this, but we want to hear your style, but we want to also hear some of this stuff. And I'm like, how can I bring this music genuinely into this but not feel fake, you know, and figure out a way that I can DJ and still play the funky versions or whatever they are, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just endlessly learning about new things, you know. I think that's everybody, though. Yeah. That, That goes for anybody and everybody, people who've been around music, for 50 years you yeah know, quincy jones he's still learning he tells me you know totally yeah um he, he's the ultimate you know what i mean because yeah. he's still out there like i'll go dj sundance film festival oh. and i'll see him and he'll be a towel in the front with people listening to music till four in the morning yes and like i you know was lucky enough to dj his uh in toronto film festival i uh-huh. did the netflix documentary the premiere party oh yes 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 I was so nervous, like beforehand, like for days, I was just going through every single song he's ever produced, been a part of, you know, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's going to be there. And, you know, I I remember like, I'm like, is he going to be listening? Like, what's going to happen? I remember I played George Benson, Give Me the Night, like, oh, wow, for him to walk in because they were like, he's coming in. I'm watching everybody in there and he's coming in. I'm like, what would be the perfect song? Like if I'm making a movie in my head. That's what I feel like when I'm doing these parties. It's like I'm making a movie in my head. And so I want to see him walk to that song. You know what I mean? Just the beat. So I did it, play it. He walks in, and then he ends up sitting in this section. And and they were like, Quincy doesn't drink. Uh, He just eats ice cream now. So we got to have multiple pints of ice cream in a freezer next to his couch where he's sitting. And I'm like, 
I need to get to that level. And they were like, they're, he's also pissed off because the event is like at 7 o'clock or something, which is way too early for him because mm-hmm. he likes to sleep all day and stay up all night. And I'm right. like, this man is living my goals. Like, you just eat ice cream and sleep all day. And then <laughs> <laughs> obviously he er- beyond earned it, and he's the biggest legend on earth. But I was like, what? This is crazy. And he comes in, and so I do the whole night. I'm, like, watching to see if he's, like, bobbing his head. And I wasn't sure if he heard the song. And I had another version, like an extended one, you know, where it just breaks down to some of the instruments. Oh, man. And so at the end, I was like, you know what? I'm going to drop it, like, at the very end. So I play it, and then they go, hey, you want to meet, you know, Mr. Jones? You want to meet Quincy Jones before you go to the next gig? Because I had to run out. I'm like, yeah, of course. And I go over, and I'm like, yo, nice to meet you. He goes, hey, man. You played George Benson, give me the night twice. And I'm like, oh, God. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, no, I love it. I love it. That was that was great. That was great. And then just proceeds to, like, tell me the craziest industry stories within, like, oh, eight yeah. minutes. You know what Guaranteed. I mean? He's like, what's your sign? I'm like, Capricorn. He's like, oh, my son's Capricorn. I'm like, oh, can I get adopted? You know, and he's like, <laughs> he's like instantly, like, I got to tell you about George Benson. He's like, he's the first person, you know, I produced it on my label, Quest Records. And he's like telling me just crazy like frank sinatra wanted to be on the label and i told him i'm only doing it if you're on my label and that's it and he's just like giving me lessons you know within a second yeah, like he's definitely told me some frank sinatra stories crazy right yeah. so i mean that was just my super short you know thing with him um but yeah what's your what are your interactions with him I mean, um, it sounds like you've talked to him and got well, to know my him. early days at dre's you know i've been in, i've been at dre's eight years actually going on nine years now wow of course minus the pandemic Right, you know, but but Dre, I but, mean, and for people that don't know, Dre's had been an institution as a late night spot in yes, Vegas, and it was hours. like you would go and you would come out, and the sun was blazing in your face every oh, single it's time, about to no question. Again this summer. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and then it became you know they built the Cromwell Hotel. Uh-huh. Victor Dre opened a Dre's Hollywood. Actually, I was resident there every yes, week. I met I the rem- Waits brothers, and I remember um, doing a couple parties over there uh, on the rooftop. On the rooftop, amazing! It was, venue. It was pretty legendary yes. thing. I you know I met Rihanna. Like so many things happened there. It was incredible, right. and that was actually how I got my residency at the Win through the Waits brothers at Trist. I did oh, every wow. Friday at Trist, and I was right. doing excess before it was EDM. They were right. having me bring in like things, Travis Barker, and like they were just experimenting. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's when the DJ booth was like. No, they had just put it in the front. Okay. And they were trying to figure out what to do. So, like, I remember I remember we did a, a night for Magic Convention. They asked me what to do, and I, we did it with Famous Stars and Straps, and it was me and Travis Barker, and they let him book the people, and he brought in Lil B uh, oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the pack. Uh-huh, I remember. Which, at I excess, remember that event. you know, was a weird booking. And, like, it was just that whole night. It you was said a, that was during the Magic Convention? Yes. Wow. This was this had to be over 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this was yeah, pre-EDM. Because I remember going to dinners with them, and they'd be like, yo, have you heard of this guy, Calvin Harris or Avicii or Afrojack? Like, like these people, we want to book them, but they want $25,000. Like, we'll never Not pay anymore. anybody that. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I'm like... Fast forward to, like, people getting paid $400,000 right. to DJ for 90 minutes right. in the day, then going to take a nap and getting another four hundred dollars grand pre-reco- at night. Some uh, pre-recorded mix at that, too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing a story of someone that DJed at the pool in the day for, like, 400000 then took a nap. They couldn't wake him up to come get the, another 400000 at the club at night. I'm like, yo, what is happening? Like, it, it was a crazy time, but... Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but no. the Dre's, I'm trying to teach everyone about Dre's. So we yeah. had Dre's Hollywood, and then Dre's Vegas 
became, you know, they opened the Cromwell and uh-huh. they opened Dre's Vegas and uh-huh. it was mind blowing mega club, these screens on the ceiling yeah. and just unreal. Like I remember, I think I DJed the grand opening or something Crazy. and then I've never been back. So whatever I did that night obviously didn't work too good, but <laughs> <laughs> I still got love for everybody there, you know, and, uh, you know, Brian Affronti, like oh, I remember him from, guy. yeah, from the, yeah. the, um, wind days and uh constantine you yeah. know from from utah yeah and everybody you know the homies i love everybody but yeah i remember i did a night there and they didn't know what they wanted i think yeah. at first i remember them going like well we want hip-hop but we want this we want that and i was all over the place i was trying to just do what i do at other places and i think it wasn't the time and place you i know? think at that time at that time too they were trying to find their identity yes. because they had um a lot of EDM DJs booked, right? Right. But it wasn't like that. the top tier EDM DJs. Right. It was like the lower level. Like you mm-hmm. knew who they were, but they weren't having the draw. Of yeah. So the, the, the funny thing is, so they started Sunday night, which was Sundays, and that yes. was their hip hop night. Right. I remember that. So they were, you know, they were booking different DJs, and Brian Afronsi actually asked me, he's like, yo, you want to come spin? I told him, man, I'm doing this, you know, R&B night on Sundays right now. Um, Where was that? Uh, at the Hard Rock, actually, which is now the Virgin. Yeah. Um, cool little night. Right. Um, it didn't last all night, though. You know, it was one of those yeah. those events where it was over at 1, started at 8 p.m., right. over at 1 a.m. Right. So we would go to Dre's after. And he was like, yo, so when you to come DJ? I was like, all right, check this out. I'll come DJ. I'll do a guest spot. First Sunday of 2015. Okay. I was like, I'll do it. Because prior to that, I was going there every Sunday because I'm actually an ambassador for Duce for Jay-Z's Cognac. Okay, yeah, I see so you post that all the time. We would Dope. we would go there on Sundays and do a spin, courtesy of the Duce card. Oh, okay, interesting. So, yeah, so he was like, all right, first Sunday of 2015 you're on. So and just for that. non-super industry people, basically you would have a budget from the alcohol company to go, uh huh, to go get spend. a table, uh-huh. bring in whoever's in town to host them, spend the money, get some, yeah, like get some bottles and right. you know the whole presentation, yeah. the whole okay, night. Dope. So from that Sunday, and they were like, "Hey, we want you to start coming in every weekend." And I thought to myself, "I don't want to burn myself out. Right, I've been doing this for so long. Like, yeah. I want to burn myself out, but." But then somebody told me, you know, you ha- it's a different crowd every weekend. Right. It's not, this is not a local spot. I was like, yeah, I know that. You know, I've been in Vegas <laughs> long course. enough to you know like that. I've been here. Yeah. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, and I can really, you know, build a residency here. Yeah. So from that Sunday, I was there every weekend till right, right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Because what they had, they ha- I also had me open up for the EDM DJs on Fridays and Saturdays when they were still booking EDM D- DJs. Okay. But and what were ha- you doing then? They would have me play hip-hop and R&B. That's dope. I love that. reggae. Right. And Probably somewhat intimidating to the EDM DJs in a way where they're like, how do I follow this up? Well, that's the thing. That's that's the if reason. They're not known. You know what I mean? You're playing, everyone's singing along to a Drake song or something. That's the reason why they went hip-hop all the way is okay. because they've, finally realized that okay he's playing hip-hop and people are spending money yeah when the edm dj comes on they're not spending any money 
Right. It's not Calvin Harris or Tiesto up there. Yeah, that's or, you different. Know, or Afrojack. Yeah. So uh, from that point on, they started shifting. The shift was happening. Yeah. That's when they started booking The Weeknd, Chris Brown, right. Future, like all these artists started coming along, so it became a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. Right. So Crazy. really, I was only the headliner on Sunday nights until okay. until they switched. So now, are I'm you there, there every night? Oh, I'm there every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's been like that since 2015. Wow, I yeah. kind of knew that, but I wasn't sure. You yeah, know some what I mean? people I just know. think I'm there on Sunday nights. Well, I, I remember the Sunday, yeah. and I remember I'd always look if I was there on a Sunday. I'm like, all right, who's gonna be there? It's gonna be a huge artist, you know, right. Lil Wayne or Future or somebody uh-huh. legendary is gonna be there. I knew you were the DJ. I wasn't sure if they did different stuff on the other nights, you know. But yeah. wow, that's crazy. Unless I, I'm, you know, out of town. Of, of course. course, yeah. yeah. So do you, I mean, speaking of getting burnt out, I mean, that is a lot. Three yeah. three Vegas nights a week yeah, in a row. is like <laughs> a year of a club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because they're long, they're intense, you never know what's going to well, happen. my sets are town. only like anywhere from, you know, hour and 45 to okay. to two, depending on 2.15, 2.30. Got it. You know, depending on if the artist is on time. Yeah. I mean, because there's been, there's been times where the artist is an hour, hour and a half late. You know <laughs> right. how that goes. Yes. You know. Yes. You got to just stay ready and just, just improvise and keep going and exactly. keep the crowd hyped, but not too hyped, but right, just exactly. hyped enough, primed, <laughs> ready yeah. to go. That's crazy. Wow. So every weekend, three days a weekend. Yeah. I mean, was not... You know, I don't know how to say it. Like, was the pandemic in a way nice to have a break uh, and then be able to come back? Not. I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot during the pandemic. So I, I'll never, like, I'll never regret that. Right. You know, I definitely would follow you, like, see what you would post during the pandemic because you were mm-hmm. so tapped into, like, okay, the clubs aren't open until now. Like, you know, you're like, I'm getting this news, you know. Yeah. So it was crazy to see. I just wanted to play music for people. So that's yeah. when. D Nice started streaming. I was like, I used to stream on Ustream. Right. So did yeah. I back in the yeah, day. I remember back that. Back in the day, man. So I was like, Ustream, and there was some is, other one too. I used yeah. to do. I forgot. But um, what was the other one? I don't know. I forgot. Anyways, but yeah, same. I was doing so videos started, and stuff. You know, that started, and they started kicking off all the DJs for right. you know copy copyright infringement. Yeah, of course. So somebody told me about Twitch. It was E Rock. Of course. I was like, yo. No, shout like, out to E-Rock. He was the yeah. ultimate advocate of Twitch and, and Anil. And you know, shout their out to connection. Anil as shout well. out to Anil, like mm-hmm. for just so much support for the DJs. Most definitely. Way above and beyond. Yes. You know what I mean? And E-Rock being a connector as he is, you know, as you are, I think he probably learned a lot of that from you. You know, I feel yeah. like um, you guys are so connected, you yeah. know, um, if yourselves and then also to so many people, you know. Yeah. But yeah, E-Rock, such a. He, he got me hooked up with the Neil and everybody, you know, with Twitch, I think. Definitely. Um, That's so dope. Twitch actually was a blessing in disguise, you know? Yeah. Like. I mean, it was amazing. I got to know, you know, I knew who you were a lot and I'd followed you for a while, but I sort of got to know you, even though we just met today. Yeah. But I got to know your personality a bit more through mm-hmm. Twitch because I would watch you for a long time or just have you on and like your musical knowledge was just so vast and and incredible like i'm like and i'm still learning yeah but like your knowledge of r&b and then the connections and the hip-hop and your stories with the artists and yeah and then the way you took the green screen thing to the next level and you're on a yacht and you're just you know doing all this stuff that was kind of cool that was all brand new like i said i learned a lot 
during the pandemic yeah. and you know using a green screen like setting all that up like i did all that myself right you know I but did i a love lot how research. you're you're so forward thinking like even how you told me earlier like when phase came out you were the first dj to use phase in yeah. vegas and you were some of the probably one of the biggest and first in a lot of ways on twitch and doing these green screens and all these things and um but you still stick to the turntables like you know you you do what feels genuine to you and yeah. keep and you keep the all the knowledge of the old school alive, you know what I mean? But then you'll uh, um, embrace new music, new technology, and all that Most stuff. definitely. Yeah, I think that's I just great. I use the turntable because it's just definitely what I'm used to and what I'm right. you know, comfortable with. I still like, can't drop shit perfectly on the one. I have with controllers. A like, I yeah, have a Rev 7 and a Rain 1. I do like the Rev 7. Yeah, oh, I love the Rev 7. That, I feel... It's a game changer. So comfortable it's a if game, I have to. It's yeah. a game changer. Crazy. That mixer is just like the... So it's, dope. It's like, it's an S7. Yeah, and having yeah. them spin around, you yeah. just feel like you could and do so much. And it's a so standalone much. mixer. It's crazy. You could put, you could literally put two turntables right on, on the, the side. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um... Sorry, I like went off on a tangent. Forgot no. what we were saying. It was something about Dre's, I think. Or yeah, um, we were talking about Dre's and um, how long I've been there. Yeah, um, just you know the the whole shift right of of, of the EDM to the hip hop thing. Right, and I I got to give all credit to Victor Dre, of course, um, Brian Affronti, yeah. uh, the the entire staff of their Ian, who's the GM, Dustin Dre, son of Victor Dre. Yes, um, for still believing in hip hop. You know they. They didn't have to do this, right. but and not being scared of it. I feel like Vegas has this whole yeah. scared of hip hop thing. Yeah, well, you know, you know I, mean? I couldn't DJ on a strip for like five, six years because you because were hip-hop, of hip-hop, a hip hop yeah. DJ. Yeah, and you were associated with whoever was going to come see you. Right, exactly. And now look, yeah, everybody's <laughs> booking hip hop in Vegas. Exactly. So it is what it is, though. You know, it is. No, I know, but it's just a lesson of stick to your gun, stick to what's genuine mm-hmm. to you, and and. Um, do what you think is right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's huge. That, that's amazing. Um, and then, so, so what happened, like, you know, with the pandemic, like you jump on Twitch, you start doing these, these things, you, you, you know, start growing. I know you probably, I mean, could have entered the Guinness book of world records or something. Cause you did so many nights in a row. I like did two 500. Years. Yeah. No, I did 500 nights in a row. Oh my God. So almost two years. Like, yeah. 500 yeah. nights in almost, a row every night every night i would go on every day and i would see you and i yeah. couldn't believe it and there's a lot of dedicated people that did that but not i don't yeah. think anyone took it to your level yeah 500 nights in a row <laughs> yeah. wow and crazy. you're still doing it we were talking earlier right yeah yeah I'm, I'm still on every monday is ladies night you know i play nothing but r&b i love r&b music uh, and Thursday is Throwback Thursday. And yeah. I also do Boom Bat Monday, which is... Um, I love it. Oh, man, Boom Bat Monday is so fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm on there every first and third Monday of the month. Okay. On my channel, of course. Yeah, shout to DJ Fly. Yeah, DJ Fly and Audio One. Audio One, that, yeah, Bay Area. Yeah. Made that happen. I love him. We're going and on DJ three years Fly. now too. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I've done it a couple times. So much yeah. fun. I get to dig so in much. my Helta Skelta records. Right, and all exactly. that. You know, you really Eskoshka. get to dig in a crate. Yeah, <laughs> you get to dig in a crate. Like Chunk and I were on our way here bumping, and you know, Eric B and Rakim paid in full. Uh, we're like, this is one of the greatest hip hop records ever made. Yeah, you know, the the scratching at the end is so legendary. So legendary. And it, it's it's evolved so much yeah. too. You know, I know. I mean, speaking, I I just was telling you about Nam convention. Yeah. I went this weekend, and 
it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Yes. So they presented these awards to Chuck D and uh, Jazzy Jeff was up there. Uh, one and, of my favorites. Uh, one of my inspirations, right there. I think every, I think everybody can say everybody who DJs, yes. you know, that from our era especially yep. can say that. I agree. You know, Jazzy my, Jeff's the one king. of my first pieces of vinyl was Brand New Funk. That's amazing. on Jive Records. I'll never forget it. Yes. I'll never forget it, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah he he was there and. Um, Mike Realm, uh, Bay Area. I don't know if you know him, but Mike, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know him personally, but I'm, I used to go see him probably at Maritime Hall, like late nineties. Wow, at the Maritime ITF. Hall. <laughs> I used to go to so many shows. Wow. At I lived up like in the Bay, like not the Bay Area. I oh. went to Sonoma State actually oh, okay. from like ninety five to two thousand. Oh, okay. Because I'm from here. I grew up here. Okay. And I was like, I'm gonna go to college. I want to go to a little college Sonoma, for my that's, first year. That's North Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, and I didn't really drink or anything, and I just kind of smoked. And so I was the dry. I had the car, so I would go to every. I'll go to Amoeba and Rasputin, you know, oh, in man. Berkeley and, and San Francisco. Must. And I'll go to, and I I did college radio, so we would get free tickets to every single show at Maritime Hall and every single Legendary. place in San Francisco. So I would be there every weekend, no matter where. I, was, I saw those shows where it would be like Outkast and Goody Mob and oh, Souls yeah. of Mischief. You know, it would be I like... I was at that show. I was too, crazy. I was right you know? there, yeah. And they would... It would such a... Like, thinking back on it, naming those groups, it's insane, you know, but... I'd go see together. that show today. So would I. It would be <laughs> insane. So I remember seeing Mike Realm at the ITF DJ battles, you oh, know, wow. wearing the suit and whatever. Uh -huh. So he was he did a history of hip hop video DJ set at this uh, thing last week. It was incredible. Like he beyond killed it. I mean, was taking clips from YouTube and everything and putting it all together. Wow. Um, and uh, but then that all led into Grand Mixer DXT. Uh, doing the Herbie Hancock Rocket Scratches Live, and they presented wow. him with an award. Is that on YouTube? I got to find that. It's in my phone. I'll show oh, you wow. after. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm filming this. You yeah. know? Oh, man, that's um, And hopefully it's on YouTube, but I filmed as much as I could on my phone. As much as people are like, ah, oh, too many phones in the venues. I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to show this to people. You know. Right. And it was so cool because that's something I grew up watching on TV. Like, what is this? I don't yeah. understand it, but it's influencing me You know, yeah. in my life. Um, so yeah, I don't know why I was something with scratches in the beginning of hip hop. <laughs> I yeah. think of that, but, um, yeah, such a crazy, you know, I mean, such as a crazy thing, the 50th year of hip hop, just to see all that, you know, just to see how it's evolved. Yeah. Because remember people didn't think it was going to be around for that long. No, it was a fad or yeah. it was a niche genre yeah. or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. It, it ain't going to be here for that long. You know, it's and now hip hop be is a worldwide culture that people belong to, you yeah. know, in a way like this is how people like us live, you know, like everybody's like part of it, you know, yeah. and it's all over the world, no matter what language you speak. Most definitely. Right. Most, it's universal. Yeah. 50 years. And it's still, if you really think about it, it's still fairly a young genre of music. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. You really want to put it, in, put it into perspective. Like, yeah, it hasn't been around that long. No. And We're people still have made billions off of it. Billions. And, yeah. I mean, look, I'm at this thing watching one of the first people. You know, Grandmaster Flash was there doing a set. You know, you're Legend. watching the inventors of hip-hop, and they're still alive, you know. And that's the cool thing about DJing is, like, 
we're looking a lot of people have passed away and you know r.i.p to all the legends and all the amazing yes. djs that aren't with us anymore and thank you for everything you know that they've done for the culture but to be able to still be around the living legends right is massive you know it really is we're still living in a time to, to be able to witness them like yeah you know i still try to catch jazzy jeff set on twitch every oh saturday God. or friday night all the whenever you know and i you love know? that he brings in other djs that amazing. he likes you know amazing that's another thing that twitch definitely put me on to is all the other dope djs from around the world the Same. puffies Crazy. the scratch bastards you know just all these talented individuals and different styles of right. DJing. Yeah. You know, people who playing vinyl only like that. Right. Uh, you guys are really working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know how it is. We yeah. used to carry oh, yeah. crates. Like, you guys are really over there hustling. Yeah. No, it's crazy. crazy. And it's it's cool to see because everybody almost opened up their own shop or something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you're in New York and there's just shops everywhere, like, yeah. where you walk around. Like, you have your own shop, you know, and Scratch Bassett has his own shop, and he runs it a certain way. He does Tuesday morning coffees and the Bassett's right. barbecue, and, you know, you have your ladies' night and the and a throwback Thursday. And right. It's cool to see everybody's take on what they would do if they had their own, their own venue, you right. know, and they get their yeah. own virtual venue. Um, actually, uh, someone else that was on there a lot, Wally Sparks, um, he oh, wrote yeah. in, and when I asked for questions, and I just think this shout out relates. To Wally. Yeah, shout out to he's Wally. Been a, he's been on Twitch since 2020. Yeah, he's, he's been one of those guys. Yeah. And uh, he asked, actually, what are your current views about DJing on Twitch compared to two or three years ago? Oh, it's definitely dropped, um, but it's not about the numbers to me. Right. It's about the people who are available at that time yeah. to come and vibe with the 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 family, mm -hmm. you know, with the chat room, with the music I'm playing. Yeah. You know, it's never been in numbers to me. Right. You know? That's um true. people will come up to me and be like, Man, man, you got some big checks off Twitch. I don't even look at those checks. Like, right. I know that was the time when everyone was like, How much is everybody making right. Bella Fiasco? You know, right. like a whole And, and it was like, like it was never been in numbers to me. It's about right. It's always been the quality of people. Yeah. You know, of your community. Right. It's always and that quality feeds into over your quantity. success, I think. Yeah. You know, people that are so worried about the numbers. It's funny because if you look, all the people that were supposedly at the top ten, top fifty, whatever numbers that everyone's mm -hmm. passing around, I think most of those people didn't care about the the money. You know, they mm -hmm. were more about making a really dope product and mm -hmm. doing it for the music and for the people. And that leads to the money, which is another lesson I think a lot of DJs should take because they mm -hmm. look into how much you're going to get paid, how much you get paid, and the rates and the things. And yeah. you're not going to have to worry about that if you do it for the right reasons and you connect with the right people. If you do it for the love, exactly. You make yeah. the right connections. I've never been a numbers guy, like, as far as that goes, you right. know. I mean, if you want to talk about sports and betting, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but... That's be, that's getting crazier than anything. That's the uh, new Twitch. <laughs> crazy. Worldwide. I'm I mean, like you, you can make bets on your phone. What is like going crazy. on? I'm, it's funny too cuz I got a kid, you know, he's 10 years old. He's so into sports and we watch everything and it's just nonstop ads and I'll be like, "No, you can't do that." You know, and right. and I see him and his friends trying to bet each other and I'm like, "I don't know if this is bad for the future of like children being like Kevin Hart like, "Yo, you got to bet." Yo, right. You know, DraftKings and you're yeah. like, "Yo, please." You know, times have changed. It's nuts, you like, know. We we didn't have cell phones when we were young. No. I, I see Drake eight, on a golf course betting $500,000 right. and a computer whispering or something. And I've seen <laughs> I've seen 8-year-olds with iPhone 14s. I'm still on the 12. <laughs> you know, so it's like Yes. I know. Yeah, times have changed. Yeah. So, so yeah, Twitch has changed too, but I think you stick to it. You, if you're doing it for 
whatever reasons you're doing it for, then yeah. I think no, you I'm stick doing to it. it. I'm doing it because I've created a great community. Yeah, you know that um, that are pe- from people all over the world. Right. You know, and some of these people have even came to Dre. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, has that translated to your almost real life? Almost definitely. I've met a lot of these people in that's person dope. already, and it's been a blessing just to see how happy happy they are to meet me. Yeah. Like, I'm twice, three times as happy to meet them. Right. And they don't even know it. But yeah. it's it's been a journey and it's been a blessing. And as long as I have that platform, I'll be on Twitch forever. Like, right. Like, when I say forever, I mean forever. I hope they let it keep going. You yeah. know, there were so many times where people were like, they're cracking down. This I know. Is it, but I know. I've heard I've You just heard don't archive years. your videos, right? Is I that, don't. Is that the I key? I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't. Supposedly. Uh, yeah. Supposedly that's the key. I've, even though I see people that do, and they haven't been pulled off, so I don't know. Right? You know. Yeah. And then all those big gamers got pulled off, but yeah, I don't know. I think don't archive your videos. But then people have their own ways of doing it now with the Patreons or Scratch Some, Bastard has his own site for it. And right. Stuff. And they'll put it on YouTube. Like, yeah. I've seen different DJs do different things, but right. for me, it's more of a, a live thing. If you could catch me, catch me, cool. Yeah. You know. But I've had so many of my subscribers ask me, "Yo, you don't keep your videos up anymore." Right. You know, and I kind of have to tell them, well, since they're cracking down or right. they say they're cracking down. Right. Would you ever do like a subscription, extra subscription service where they could have access to the videos or something? You know, I never, thought about, I never thought about that. Like the extra sub, you know, or yeah. like you got to be part of this yeah. Patreon gang or something, you know, yeah, and then you'll have them in a But in you know a what? Site. I'm going to actually probably start putting my archive videos back up just to see. Because yeah. I've never been flagged before. I know a couple of people who've been right. flagged. Yeah. But I've never been flagged. So Interesting. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so what about, you know, I know that um, you're, you know, very connected to, like, so many artists, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think your relationships are so strong and that, um, you know, that that's brought so much uh, amazing success to both sides, the artists and you, you know. And I think important for artists to be cool with djs and we're the ones out there you know mm-hmm. supporting them and um i know you're close with drake and he's you know shouted you out on uh multiple songs mm-hmm. and i heard some stories about him recording the motto at your studio yeah. and you know you giving him the bay area influences right and all Most that definitely. stuff um i want to talk about <laughs> that um but before we get into that have you seen this um Thing that's blowing up over the past few days on the internet, the Ghost Rider thing, oh, the AI thing? where the dude took the AI and yeah. put supposedly put Drake and the Weekend on yeah. a song, put it out. When my friend sent it to me, it had I think fifteen hundred streams. Then we checked it that night; it had like twenty thousand. Then it had two hundred fifty thousand. Like it's been blowing up, and now I've it's heard become, it. I've definitely heard it. What is your take on that? Like I said, time, I even, times are changing. You like, know, technology is and crazy. Is that, I mean, I guess it's real. It sounds. I guess Universal's trying to crack down on it too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so crazy. I knew it was coming. Put I'm, it that way. Part One of, of me I, is wondering: Is Drake underneath that sheet and doing this? Is right, this a marketing right. ploy? He's actually because pissed it off sounds about too it. real. It yeah, sounds no. very real. That no, one. He's pissed off about that. He is. Oh yeah, he's had enough. He posted it he on posted the story last the story. night. Right? Yeah. He's like, this is enough. This is the last final straw. I right saw here. that. Okay. Yeah, uh, but no, part off. of me was like, is this- You heard that? I did. 
<laughs> the munch. Yeah, it was a yeah, munch, yeah. the munch version, right? He is that has the one you Drake. heard? No, no, there's oh, a no, new one. Oh yeah, the the one you're talking about is the it's one with Drake an, and Weekend original song with the with the dude who yeah, has the a dude ghost. wearing a sheet and like okay, Kurt I've Cobain sunglasses. But Drake was pissed off about he has the Ice um, Spice Drake rapping Ice Spice. Yeah, you heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. This one's yeah. even crazier because it's an original beat and an original lyric yeah. and song, I guess. Yeah, no, but it, it sounds is. pretty damn real. I don't yeah. know how they did it. Uh, oh, it sounds real. Like what is going oh, yeah. on? You know, I wonder what what's gonna happen. You know, it's just crazy. It's um, gonna be some. It's gonna be some features out there pretty right. soon. You but know? what's the point of it at the end of the day if you can't really? Sell the song or promote the feature. I think people are going to start calling it out, though, you know? Yeah. Like, are you really going to buy that? Yeah. But I don't know. Are DJs going to play it? I think that's a question. Because DJs play anything popular. You know what I mean? So many DJs, it can be the worst thing on the face of the earth. And the DJs are like, well, people want to hear it. I'm like, you don't have to play it, you know? I've never played Munch in a club before. I haven't either. Yeah, I've never played that song. I, it's not that I don't like it. I mean, uh, it's cool, and I see how it's catchy. But I think that's a, another thing that DJs do is they go, man, this song's number one. It's not working in the club. Yeah, you don't need to play every number one song in the club. Like, don't. Taylor Swift's been number one forever. You, I don't play it. You right. know what I mean? Like, you don't... You, you're a DJ. You can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? You, Facts. You can play a Jay-Z song from 20 years ago. It's going to hit way harder than any number Facts. one song today. No you know? lie right there. Right? Like, no lie. No matter what. The the I think after COVID, too, I noticed it a lot. And I've talked to other DJs. They say the same things. The stuff from 20 years ago is hitting harder than it's any crazy. of the new stuff. The 10, the 15 eight, years the ago. The 8 to 12 year ago. Oh, we're in this weird window of 8 to 12 years. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's because those people are now like, 30 and they were 21 and they were have they're having memories of like promiscuous girl and like right chris brown songs and right. little wayne and the uh-huh. uh, the old drake the older you drakes, know? yeah because they go the t-pain crazy <laughs> t-pain it's like it it's bigger than when it came out songs that yeah, i was facts. when i was the opener or when i was opening for myself or when i was doing a long set the songs i would play in the first two hours of my set are now the biggest songs in the main part of my set. You know, it's crazy. Like, and they're singing Facts. everything, right? Facts. And nostalgic shit is like, it works way better. Yeah. The it fun- always, uh, it takes you back to that time once right. again. It's the timeline thing, yeah. you know? And that's the thing. It makes these 30-year-olds who are now ha- who now have money. I mean, I play a 1,000 miles at Dre's and they go crazy. That's crazy. And go yeah. right into Juvenile, back that ass up. And they'll juvenile, lose it. Juvenile, back that ass up. <laughs> Never will die. No. Like you know what I mean. It has just as much energy as the never begin, as when I had it on vinyl and I'm playing it off. That's the same thing as like I seen a couple Twitter DJs talking about. Oh man, we gotta we gotta cancel Dreams and Nightmares. Play it out. No that, way. that song will never die. Never ever. Can we talk by Seven Campbell? Never. Never. People saying, Oh man, you guys are playing that too much. Right. Okay, cool. Right, just because you see that online, <laughs> you're not in the real life and uh-uh. seeing what's happening. You know, when we're right. playing that stuff. Right. Like I don't. I try not to get into any of those Twitter debates because I here. just feel like everybody's different. You guys have no idea what I'm doing. You right. know what I mean? Like exactly. You've never been in my shoes before. No. And everything's different. Everything is different. Every crowd is different. Yeah. Just everything is yeah. different. Yeah. And music is timeless. You know what I mean? Don't put an expiration date on this stuff. No. Yeah. For real. <laughs> 
Like, it can get played out, you know, I guess. But, like, I remember, like, Gnarls, Barkley, Crazy, when that was so big. And then it felt like when everyone stopped playing it, it was like, oh, I can't. I can never play it again. Right. <laughs> like, it got played out. Right. That'll probably come back now or something. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I've heard people singing that in karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's it's ready to come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, uh, oh, my God. Well, um, so, yeah. Oh, well, so, so okay. So, I, we talked about the AI thing. But, um. You know, there's, it's crazy because I listened to you on so many podcasts and I didn't want to kind of tell a lot of the same stories, uh-huh. but you have so many legendary stories. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and people just really need to know, like, like you said, you, you heard your cousin playing Planet Rock back in the day. This was what, the late eighties or something. Yeah. And you've been DJing since you were what, a pre-teenager? I got, I got my first pair of turntables. Uh, when I was 12. Wow. And that was in the Bay Area. That was in the Bay. Uh, it was a pair of Scott turntables. I'll never forget. Scott. The, pit, the pitch was the rolling pitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't wow. get my techniques. My dad bought me my, my dad bought me those, those pair of Scott's. He also bought me my first pair of 1200s. Wow. When I turned 16. Crazy. Uh, and I still have those turntables. That's amazing. Yeah, man. That's so dope. And then so... How did it progress from there? Like, how did you go, okay, I want to do this for real and end up on the radio? and and So I was a fan of this radio station named KMEO. Legendary. Like um, I said, I lived up there, and yeah. I would have to put my antenna in this weird curvy way where we were to be able to listen to it. Yeah. I'd listen to, who was it, Kevy Kev or somebody? Kevy Kev. In the 90s would do yep. that show. where yep. hip-hop. And the DJ, who was it? He was so ill, like so clean with it, doing doubles of was every it? Was it under- Joe Quicks? Prince maybe, Ice, maybe it was. He would be doing the cleanest doubles on vinyl, and Revolution I was, used to play. Too. Well, Revolution to yeah, wake, wake Up Show, up show but yeah. this was different. It was Kevy Kevin, somebody. But yeah, so so dope. Kmel, yeah. Kmel. So that started out. I I got an intern. I was always a fan of the radio station. Right. You know, back in those days, we yeah. listened to the radio. Yes. We had no options. We didn't have a phone to stream <laughs> yeah, music. Of course, we didn't have YouTube. Yeah, we had to listen to the radio. Right. I didn't. We my parents didn't have money to buy all the music I I yeah, wanted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I was a fan of this station called KMEO. Somebody I knew was like, "Oh, I could bring you up to the station. Meet, have you meet the DJs? The DJs already knew who I was because I would call in and make requests and yeah, and ask, "Yo, can I be a guest DJ? Can I introduce a song?" <laughs> so I met one of the DJs, and I think my second time there, she was like, "Hey, you want to help me intern?" I'm 12 years, no, no, 12. I'm thir- no, I'm 13 going on 14 at the time. Still, that's crazy. I'm young. like, man, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. Way to get my foot in the door. Right. So that turned into that. Amazing. The next year I had my first mix played. Wow. Yeah. By the time I was 16, I had my own show. I wow. was on air while that's I was huge. in high school. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I've been in it ever since. Right. And was that a, a kind of a, a big way for you to connect with artists, you know, rappers or whoever? Oh, most definitely. Um, organically, though. Right, you know, organically, no, no yeah. No pressure. Yeah, you totally. Know, I met anybody from, I remember when Tupac used to beg Sway to play his records on the Wake Up Show. That's crazy. You know, I remember uh, Biggie and Craig Mack with their Big Mac tour bad boy back in 94 when i first met biggie and craig mack at a uno's pizzeria in san francisco wow yeah first time i ever smoked with biggie the same night 
with him and Little C's. Little C's was like, what, 16, 15 years old at the time? Oh, my God. Rolling, How old are you? Rolling blunts for Biggie. I was <laughs> 17. Oh, my God. Yeah. Damn, like, smoke sessions with Biggie Smalls. Oh, man. With, I mean, I remember selling Easy E a 20 sack. I don't think I've ever told anybody that story. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. What happened? Um, He smelled weed on me <laughs> when I was interviewing him. Right. I was like, we'll talk off the air. <laughs> oh, my God. That's you unreal. know, at that time, too, you know, times have changed. We're talking about the, the 90s oh, here. I remember being scared, you know what I mean, to drive with something, you know what I mean, from Sonoma down to, to San Francisco to go to oh, the yeah. show and you wanted to have a joint for the show or something, you know what I mean? Oh, now yeah. you're driving, there's billboards everywhere you look, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you're like, it's just everywhere you go. It's so, it's so um, prevalent, you yeah. know, and, and accepted. And Most definitely. It's like anybody, soccer That's moms. Thing. A lot of the artists that used to smoke, they would hear from other artists, oh, when you go to San Francisco, make sure you hook up with this guy named Franzen. Right. You know, he'll show you the good weed. Well, because that we, it was the West Coast was the best in the world. Right? The if Mecca, you weren't going to Amsterdam, yeah. it still is. I still think it's probably better than, oh. like, Amsterdam or any of that. You know Anywhere what I mean? I still tell everybody. California has the yeah. best weed in the world. Because I remember they'd be like, oh, Mendocino and Humble, you know, and then it would all travel down to the Bay. And from there, it was also British Columbia and all that was uh -huh. up there, too. So it was just that... I don't know what it's called, green triangle or, you know, whatever it is. But it's, yeah, it's always been the, the, the best mecca. of the it's best. It's been the Mecca for a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know. And it would travel down here, too, you know, growing up here. it was That's the thing. Growing up in the Bay, we had our lingo. Yes. We had the slanguage going on. <laughs> I mean, E-40, you know, you're so good at that. You know what yeah, I mean? Oh, man, I learned from the best. I learned from E-40. Yeah. Uh, people don't talk about it, but E-40, you know. Got a lot of his slang from his cousin, Max Sean. Oh, wow. Um, and also uh, a guy by the name of Big Squeezer, who's, who's from San Francisco. Big Squeezer. Yeah, Squeezer, man. Max Squeeze. That's his name, Max Squeeze. <laughs> That's I used incredible. to call him Big Squeeze. But, wow. Um, you know, a lot of... A lot of lingo you hear nowadays is influenced by the Bay. Right. Oh, you know? huge, yeah. I remember coming to L.A., you know, in the 80s and 90s and saying hella. They're like, what's hella? I know. What are you saying? What's hell? Now I hear everybody. It's people on the worldwide. East Coast using it. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So. Yeah, that was the thing. Me moving up there and going to college, I met someone at Jake Pashinsky, and he became my college roommate. One of my best friends. We're still homies. Talk every day, you know, to this yeah. day. And um, he put me on to all the Bay stuff, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was so into hip hop, but I was just trying, you know, listening to New York stuff, LA stuff. I didn't know anything about Bay area hip hop. He's yeah. like, you got, you know, my favorite tape right here, you know, E40, brother Lynch hung <laughs> Mac mall, you yes. know, like, uh, uh, you know, just so much crazy stuff. And I'm like, what is the, you know, that's horror rap? And you know, that's the thing about music, you know, you, you learn. Oh like, my I'm pretty God. sure when you travel to different regions, oh yeah, different parts of the world, different countries, like yeah, you're going to ask a DJ from that area, like, yo, yeah, what's what do I have to play? Totally, you know what I'm saying that used you to be to do your the most. Like, no matter what, I right. would always do. I remember DJ AM, like, I would see him do that. You know, uh -huh. anywhere we went, he'd be like. I'm going to ask the opening DJ, like, what are the big songs? What's hitting? What's this? You know, and I was like, oh, I got to do that. You know, so, yeah, you're like, yeah. what's big out here? Now, 
a lot of the answers are like same old shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, because oh, the really internet, is. you know. Because of the internet. Times yeah. have changed. Yeah. I remember not being able, like, I would go to Chicago and I'd play Blow the Whistle here, Vegas, Bay Area. I was like, what's my favorite word? You know, biggest record in the world. And I remember mm. being in Chicago and playing it. It was like, what's my favorite word? Silence. You know, and I was like, what the hell? Like, because right. it wasn't, the internet wasn't that big yet. It was MySpace days. It hadn't spread around, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's huge. You could probably yeah. play it there. Yeah, like I remember back in those days, you know, I would hit up Dre Sinatra or Big Chunk and yep. be like, yo, what record's popping in L.A. right now that yeah. we might not know in Vegas or the Bay Area? Yes. You know, you have to do your research. Yeah. You can't, you can't be afraid to ask questions. No, no, and we're always learning and you're always, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing of, of music and DJing, all that stuff. Um what uh oh man there's like so many things i want to ask you about you know um (laughs) well the other thing just to talk about weed just not to get fully you know give weed its credit but uh i feel like that's also a connector in the way music is one million percent right it's almost like the way hip-hop and music weed is equal to food right weed is equal to music people that are into weed you know and know the details of the tastes yeah. and the types and the things that people are in universal it, you know? yes it's, it brings people together it just really like does food, just like music because you can meet people everybody. all over the world that even barely speak the language and you can really relate to them on music food uh-huh. and weed <laughs> i think that's it that's the trifecta yeah it's true yeah you so, know before i even moved to vegas like i never used to drink hard liquor really yeah, until I moved to Vegas, turned me out. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I hated drinking, too, till yeah. I got into clubs. I remember it was, like, in my mid-20s in L.A., and I was like, we're doing a shot, you know, a Patron. And I was like, oh, this tastes horrible. What is right. this? You know, I guess I'll do it. I remember I used to do Scooby Snacks when I first moved to Vegas. I'm like, man, give me a Scooby Snack. What is that? Uh, some sort of sweet shot. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, lemon and, and, drops. And yeah, all that. And, then, and then I was like, you know what? Let me try this Patron. It was over with from there. Started drinking Belvedere and Patron. It was over with from there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like I heard a story you were telling of uh going like being on your first private jet with uh Jay Z or oh, something. Yeah. That that'll be That'll be twenty years this year. Oh my god! That was back in 03. I'll never forget that. That's nuts. And so yeah. you have, you have such a connection with him from back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whenever he used to come to the radio station, like he would always see me. Yeah, I would always interview him. Right. And you know, I it wasn't just him; it was the people around him. Yeah. That I kept in contact with as well. Right. You know, from his promotion guy at Rockefeller to his, you know, to his right hand man. Right. Um, I would just, you know, keep in contact with everybody. To his new artist, Memphis Bleak, like, Memphis Bleak will tell me to this day, man, you're the first DJ to ever say, roll up at a radio station, live on an interview. Wow. He'll, like, he tells everybody that story. He'll never forget that. That's dope. Um, so, yeah, that happened in 2003. Uh, I went, I went to, I was, I lived in, I was already living in Vegas at the time. Right. Went to the Bay to go check out the show out there. It was the uh, it was the Rock the Mic tour. Okay. It was him, Beanie Siegel, uh, Bleak, Freeway. Freeway. Um, 50 was on that tour as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I knew the next show was in Vegas, but I hopped in this vehicle in a Sprinter. Yeah. And I didn't know where we were going. Next thing you know, we were at the private airport. 
I had asked him, like, yo, where are we going? Or where's this going? <laughs> my, I didn't have nothing on me. My keys, my bag was at was in my brother Gino's car. I'm like, yo. He's like, we're going to Vegas. You want to hop on? Let's go. <laughs> That's crazy. I was like, you got room for me? He did a head count. He's like, come on. I got you. <laughs> oh, my God. So we hopped on a jet, and I was in Vegas. I I didn't have my keys to my house that night. <laughs> and he got no me way. A, yeah, he got me a room. I'll never forget that. That's and crazy. The next day, I had my keys in my bag. Oh my god! And went to the show the next night. That's insane. Yeah, Damn. and that's that. your first private jet experience. <laughs> and he had crustaceans on a jet. No, and bottles of crystal. <laughs> what? I'll never forget it, man. That's unreal. Yeah, that's the big homie for real. Like one of well, my he, biggest, he's, he's biggest always inspirations. Been supportive of DJs, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember- actually, we just left his office. Uh, we just left the Rock Nation. Office oh, really? Before we came here, yeah. Dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when he tapped uh, Neil Armstrong to be his DJ. Neil AM and A. You know, uh-huh. Neil Armstrong was Green known Lantern. for these mixtapes of yeah. the of the samples. You know, yeah, Green yeah. Lantern yeah. and the AM thing AM. is insane because I remember being story. I was with AM eating food late night in New York, and we're having it's like me, him, maybe Morse code, like somebody. And we're all eating food. All this crazy shit happened that night, and then uh, we all left. To go away And I remember he was like Oh I'm going to South Carolina To do a show With Travis Barker And we got a private jet And he was so hype I feel like it was One of his first times On a private jet too And And he was like So hype about it And then I was going To Chicago to DJ And I remember we went And yeah That's when The plane crash happened And he was supposed To DJ for Jay-Z At the Palladium Was going to be The first show He ever played with him And they were like Working up to it I was this whole thing And I remember being like, damn, he's not going to be able to do the show with Jay-Z because he's in the hospital in Georgia or something. And I, and he said, no, I'm going to do it. And we were like, you can't do it, you know. And he ended up flying out, took pills or whatever to, to get over it, but flew out from Georgia to L.A., and got on stage at the Palladium with like half his hair burned off. I remember that. And bandages. And even Jay-Z was like, yo, I told my man he didn't have to do this, you know. But he came out, like, give it up. He gave a whole speech about him. And I remember being there like, this is insane. You know, we are in the front watching AM. And he had AM do some routine, some crazy routine. And Jay was so cool about the whole thing. You know, he's such a, for how huge he is, you know, such a down-to-earth, genuine person that, in a way, you know, and seems uh-huh. to respect DJs, music, and, and all that stuff, you know. He'll never forget, like, I was one of the first DJs to play his record. Right. You know, he and I told him, you know why I played your record? Because you mentioned Filipinos in the song. Oh, wow. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, my co- coach bag, looking half black and Filipino. I was yes. like, yo, you really gave it up. You know, That's dope. Filipinos love that. I'm right. Filipino, I told him. Yeah. And he never forgot that. Wow. So that that was a connection right there off his first album, too. That's in 90, incredible. In 1996. Crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that show he just did in Paris looked cool. I was seeing clips. Oh, Louis Vuitton show from wow. Basquiat and who was it? Uh, I think that was it, right? That was Basquiat. Was Basquiat. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I saw some clips from it, though. It looked pretty amazing. Yeah. It was like in the circular... Venue and stuff. Super dope. That's amazing. And, and also, you do a lot of edits and, and remixes and stuff, right? Yeah, actually, I got to talk to Phenom. We got to put them yeah, up on Yeah, I was going to say, like, I where do yeah. you put those out or how do you get actually, them? Actually, I... I see them I online. And I'm like, sounds well, dope. I, I put a couple of them. You know, I dropped the link on my Instagram. Okay. 
um, and put a Dropbox link on there so people can download it. But I haven't really gave them out to any like right, you know, major okay, uh, major pools. So DJ City will definitely get the first batch. Okay, yeah, we need know? that. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. How, would you get in, or have you gotten into music production? And oh, try I, to- I've been producing for years. I I've, I've been hoarding my beats though. <laughs> I don't know why. People, Would you ever people, put together a project that's sort of representative of your life in a way, like all your relationships and everything, like coming to fruition, you know, and um, your your musical been, timeline? <laughs> yeah, call I mean, I've been asked, yo, you know, you should put a project together. Yeah, grab some of the artists. You know, artists would love to. I know would love to do it too. Um, I'm thinking about maybe making that happen this year. Yeah. Um, but what I got to do is. I got to go to my studio and probably I probably got two, three hundred beats that I've done. This is pre-pandemic. Too. Right. Um, and I got to just, you know, add a little bit more sauce in them. Yeah. And start sending them out. Right. I mean, this this podcast is your spider. You're inspiring me to do it. So, oh, well, yeah, good. This is, Please. This is Thank it right you. here. Yeah. yeah so shit. I think I, th- I think I'll put whether, you know. It's Whether the timeline, just the time, a, from beginning to end. Yeah, like you have so many things. You know? I do, and also I, I have a lot of beats that I sampled and chopped too. You know, beats that yeah. I love. Yeah, and just put my own sauce on it. So. Right, because that's where the knowledge is so powerful in DJing, and your, you know, specifically you, your musical knowledge can be brought into the game in such a crazy way because you know so many things that have been sampled or that worked 20 years ago that yeah. could be brought back. We've seen so many of these uh, little John beats, you know, that are being brought back for Saweetie and, yeah. you know, songs that we played 20 years ago and now yeah. they're huge and kids don't even realize what they're coming from. Right. I mean, you know so many of that. And I even have A&Rs hitting me all the time, like, yo, you know any old songs that we could redo, you know? And I'm like, uh, wow. I don't know. So, like, I'll be like, well, this is big now or this is, comes from this. And I feel like that's a thing now. Like the A and R's are trying to look back at the, you know, because they want songs that'll be hits for twenty year olds or whatever it is, yeah. you know. So I think you you could bring a lot to the table. It would be like incredible. Said, I'm, I'm inspired right now, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, because you could have your own show and showcase at Dre's a night. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. your songs and yeah, definitely. Um, you know, was watching Calvin Harris at Coachella this weekend. I saw the YouTube clip and it was pretty dope watching him play. Almost everything he made, every single thing, you know, and this That's crowd dope. of a billion people singing every word, yeah. and some of it he's singing he's it, and it was pretty, it was crazy. And I'm thinking, it should be, we should, uh, you know, some other genre DJs should be able to do and that. And for the record, like Calvin Harris does not make EDM music. No, he, he makes, makes music. He makes world music. Yeah, he makes. You know what I mean? Just quality. I, I'm a music. fan of his too. I love his. Yeah, I love his stuff. No, no, and because you can he's hear tapped it. into a lot of other stuff too as well. Yes, you know yeah, like he really that, that has. Slide now. record is still one of my favorite records Huge. in the world. Huge, I love that record. I play it. I all can play the, time. the instrumental. <laughs> the instrumental is dope. Unbelievable. I got a dope blend. Uh, Nick Bike just sent me a blend of it over that Drake, um, uh, like a dance hall song where Drake's featured on po- Popo Can. I don't oh, know. Pop Can. Pop yeah. Can. Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, Pop Can Drake song that no, beat. We can done. Yeah. Yeah. They done. put um, slide, slide over it, uh-huh. and it's like. Perfect, like really? it's meant to be. I, I I've been playing that more than the original one now, dope, dope. and it works like in like a lounge is it on spot. DJ City? 
Uh, no, it's just on Nick Bikes' uh, Patreon page. Oh, you know? okay. But uh, it's pretty ill. Like I play it at this little the floor room spot I do every week and gets people dancing because they know, you know, it's like I might, but like it it comes in perfectly on the dance right. hall beat. Oh, I need so, to hear that. You yeah, to- I'll, I'll give it to. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Nick, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick. No, he 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 gives his shit out to nah. to the right people. Shout out to Nick. Yeah, Nick Bike <laughs> always killing it. Um. Oh man. So uh let me see if there's any other someone someone wrote in they asked if you'll be streaming on Kick anytime soon. You know, a couple of people have told me about Kick. What is that? I've heard um, of it, but it's another streaming platform where DJs and actually that dude Aiden Ross, he's like one of the biggest streamers. I've, I've on I found him through Twitch just yeah, from yeah. like in the discovery. I'm right. like, why does this guy have four hundred thousand people watching? Right, right. Some weird number. So he actually he got banned from Twitch and he moved to Kick. But uh, I, I guess oh. they're still in oh, beta. He did that's yeah. crazy. I saw the whole band thing. Yeah, I didn't he, even know who he was. I had it's to still in him. beta version though. Okay. Yeah. So it's not all the way there yet. Right. I think once There's they so fine tune, stuff. once they start fine tuning everything, I'll, I'll look into it. What about it. that amp? Amazon. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. That seems pretty dope. That seems like something you might actually really kind of kill it on. I, it's a live streaming app. Like I saw a track. That's the one you were telling me about. Yeah, yeah Big Chunk told me about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's called and he Amp. he told me about that a minute ago. Yeah, uh, me too, but I've just started seeing... Like, I saw it a little while ago. I kind of forgot about it. Then I saw A-Track this week, like, check my Amp show, and I just tune in, and he's just on there. You, a, you can call in, and you can write in, and it's yeah, live. He told me about that it's months crazy. ago. Yeah. Wow. So Okay. That's I'm another look into that. another thing, because yeah. <laughs> it feeds into the radio, and we haven't even really discussed that much. I don't want to keep you for too long, but how radio, you know, you're, I mean, I was saying earlier, you're the king of Twitch, Vegas clubs, you know, radio, like so many things, and like your your experience in radio is just so huge, and that yeah. must feed into your streaming and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, just props to to everything you've done. In the DJ world and everything you bring to the culture and Thank just you, how you're constantly progressing it's, and you care about everybody. You know what yeah, I mean? You know, it's a blessing, man. I know there's tons of people out there that love to be in my spot. Um, but at the same time, I know that I was put on this, on this earth yeah. to do what I'm doing right now. Yes. And I can't take it for granted yeah. because time is limited. Right. Most valuable thing in the world. Yeah. So, you know, we got to keep this moving. And I've always said, as long as it's fun, it's still fun, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's that's the truth. I mean, what what do you think, what makes a dope DJ to you? There's a lot of different elements to that. But I think just being passionate about the music and just knowing how the music flows. Yes. You know? Because there's people out there that can definitely DJ. Right. But... But maybe they're not alert or... They're not alert, and sometimes they'll mix out of the verse, um, which is cool for parties. Like, I get it for parties, but if you're making a body of work, say, like, a mix... Yeah. Or, you know, you don't you, you don't want to mix like you're mixing at a party. Right. Unless you're making an actual mix for a party. Right, right. You know? Yeah, they're that's just, true. There's just a way to get, get in and out of things. Um, like, I mean, I don't... Use a lot of sound effects when I'm DJing. Really, you know, I'll, you're on the I'll, mic a lot, though, right? I, yeah, not a lot, not not Enough. as much as a East Coast DJ. Because yes, you know yes. those East Coast DJs it's way different. Woo, <laughs> they're on that mic. Not every song. It's like karaoke on it. sometimes. Exactly. Um, but no, but you know how to use the mic in a way to 
command the crowd but not over yeah. it or something yeah yeah most definitely most definitely i'm not afraid you know i'm not afraid to get after it yeah i know some djs are like yo when i when, you know when i go to a spot and they're djing yo hop on the mic for me right i don't mind that you know yeah. give them give them some encouragement and give them some props right but i do the same like say if dre sinatra comes to dre's Yo, come hop on the mic because it's fun hopping on the mic with him. Yeah. Because he knows my style and totally. he knows where I'm going and I could tell him certain things and he could do the build up for me. Yeah. You know, just to make it fun. Yeah, he's so dope. I got to get him on the show. People feed off your energy, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's DJs that just look at the computer screen. Right. Like, it's cool. We have to look at our computer screens, but not for the whole set. No. You want to look at people and point at people and dance with people. Yes. You know, you want to actually groove with them and. Put your drink up. Let's yeah. take the shots again. Exactly. People, people like that. Right. Know? They feed off your energy. It's a yeah. real two-way street. And if you're yeah. too caught up in your own thing or nervous or whatever it is, it's going to show through. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. No, even last night I played and someone hit me today and like, yeah, my friend said you were pointing at him the whole time. Like, I don't remember that. But I'm like, all right, if that's what they got out of it. Cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, you feel involved and engaged. Right. What about, before we get out of here, like, what about... um. You know, we talked about you maybe doing an album or putting the beats out. Like, uh -huh. do you have, you know, and, and we've also talked about you doing so much up to this date. Do you have any other goals or things that you've always wanted to do in the DJ or music world or outside of that? Most definitely. I've never really got a chance to travel the world and play music in other really? countries. You know, I've been to Canada. I've been to, you know, the Bahamas. I've been to the Dominican okay. Republic. Right. I've been to London. Like, have you DJed like, in yeah, Asia yeah. or uh, never DJed in Asia? So wow, that's, that's my incredible. goal. One thing I said. What about um, Philippines? <laughs> never DJed How's in that Philippines. Possible? <laughs> right. So one thing I, I like told myself this year in Japan, like you'd be this huge. year. I'm gonna travel. Yeah. Whether it be for DJing or just for my own good, I right. need to travel because I've been working so much. Yeah. That I haven't really took two weeks for myself in right. a very long time. I mean, maybe even three weeks for myself. Yeah, I think you and should go to Japan. Go to, you know, I'm yeah. Filipino, so I'd right. love to go back to the motherland. That'd be amazing. You know, go eat the street food. Yeah, go to Thailand. You know, right. stuff like that. But one thing I definitely want to get done is travel. Travel before I'm out of here. Yes, you know, whether it's traveling to. for fun or getting to DJ in these spots. Yeah, you know, doesn't matter. I have to travel. Got to tap for my own the, uh, good, for my mental health. Yeah, I have to travel. For you sure. should. I mean, that's what a beautiful thing about DJing as a whole, but also DJ City. Shout to just the network that Phenom, Edwin, and all these guys have, and women, you know, have put together. Like, I went to Europe last summer because my kid plays soccer and he was going to be in these tournaments in Spain. And I'm like, who do I hit up? And like, Edwin's like hit Boromi, hit this person, you know, and we get on the WhatsApp, and I'm like, yo, I'm going to be in Madrid. I got you, gig. Okay, go to Ibiza. Go to, you know, and it's like crazy just how I don't even know these people, but we all are cool Connected. with each other because of DJing and having the similar interests. Music and, connects you know, everybody. There, it goes back to the food, music, and weed. <laughs> all universal. And all those things are in Europe and everywhere, you know, right. maybe harder to get in Asia. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, for real. Unless you're in Thailand. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's legal. Going, the whole country is legal. They're going crazy in Thailand What is right going now. on? They just had a Rolling Loud. Oh, my God. And they even, were selling weed at Rolling Loud in I Asia. I did not crazy. even put that together yeah. until I, because I saw people doing it mm -hmm. in Wiz Khalifa and everything. I didn't even put together that weed is fully legal there. Yeah. I heard they gave plants to, like, every 
citizen or something. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I don't they know. There's some. And then you take like a four or five hour flight to Japan or China. Right. Yeah. And they're hiding you under the jail. If you get caught with <laughs> right. It. That's so. That's what's so right. crazy. That's crazy that here everyone's smoking or outside, and then you go to Dubai or somewhere, and you're just done. Yeah. The, like Esco story and all that stuff. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> amazing, yo. Um, well, uh, I guess do you have any other kind of last words for the DJs listening out there? Motivational, inspirational yeah, just, stuff. You know, just don't give up. Yeah, I know it sounds cliche, but if you believe in yourself, everything is possible. Yeah, um, I'm living proof. You know, music saved my life, and I'm here to say. If you want to become a DJ or producer, whatever it may be, it's possible. It's never too late. You know, it's never too late in life. Yeah. Especially with this music shit, man. It's it's inspiring. You know, there's people out there willing to help you. And don't be afraid to ask questions. And don't be afraid to go to YouTube and learn because YouTube is a real university. Yes. During that pandemic, I learned a lot. A lot. You know, sometimes our pride gets in the way, like, ah, oh, man. Right. I don't want to go on YouTube and, no. Guess what? How else are you going to learn? Yeah, that's true. You can't wait on it. Yeah. You got to go for it. All the best people on this show have said that. The ask yeah. questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions and connect with people. Yeah. You know. Uh, relationships are important, yeah. too. Huge. You know? And and I like, I love putting people on. Yeah. You know, that's why when certain DJs come to Dre's, that DJ for artists, I'll tell them, yo, go ahead and take, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you know, play a couple songs. Yeah. I'll be like, for real? <laughs> rock. Go ahead. Rock for a minute. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid to do yeah, that. Yeah, to them, that's a huge thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, you know, especially if you've been around, if you've been doing this, you know, for a long time, encourage thy youth. Encourage the youngins that's coming up. And don't be afraid to let him shine. That's sure. Huge. Great, great note to end on. Everybody check Franzen out. I know your social media is different on different things. Yeah. Frandelay Bay. Frandelay Bay on Instagram. Uh, DJ Franzen on Twitch. And DJ underscore Franzen on Twitter. Yes. And I do not have a Facebook. Just trying to stay away from all the family drama because you know how that could go. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, not the family. <laughs> yeah, no, not the family drama, the family drama. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I'm sure if you oh, just your nosy Google ass, him. nosy-ass aunties and uncles out there. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep that on private. You're not married yet? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I live in Vegas. Come on. Right, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Yo, thank you for taking the time. Thank Spider, you for everything thanks you for do. having me, man. Yes. I appreciate you and... Everybody at DJ City, everybody at, at Beat Source, man. Yeah. Much love, man. Thank you. All right. Peace. Thank you. Later. All right. DJ Franzen, thank you for coming on the show. That was incredible. Love learning all that stuff. I feel like we could have talked for a really long time. Um, thank you guys, the Beat Sourcers, for tuning in. You know, this is available on all platforms. You want to watch it on YouTube. You want to listen on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get podcasts. Tune in and thank you for listening. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource, so join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.